welcome to the Wrestling Philosophy Show, where we discuss unique perspectives and beliefs on the sport of wrestling. Give us a follow or subscribe on various social media platforms, including YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Enjoy the show. Accelerator.com. That's correct. Recruiting-accelerator.com. When you go to store, you can check out and enter the code wrestling philosophy for a hundred dollars off. Thank you, coach. All right. Tanner Sewell, welcome back. We had you back on show 44 here to talk recruiting accelerator. We kind of touched on it just a little bit last time, but obviously we want to hear more about it. Uh, you know, now that season's around the corner. So um, I guess first off, you know, welcome back. How you been? Yeah, doing great. I'm happy to be back on, Jared. I'm, uh, a lot has changed since, I believe, November. Yeah, it was, it was a minute ago, right? It's been a few months, but a lot, a lot's, a lot's happened in, in, a, in a great way with uh, with the Recruiting Accelerator program and, and personally, and um, it's rolling. It's snowballing. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Like I said, I know you're just getting started last time, so you didn't have a you know, where you're at exactly, but um, uh, I just kicking it off, you know, in a nutshell, what, what is recruiting accelerator? So what we, you know, as I was a, you know, head high school coach um, for, for over six years, uh, coaching high school for 10 years, you know, played the role of club director, built a club from, from ground zero up to, uh, you know, one of the biggest clubs um, in, in the state of Virginia. Um and throughout that time, I really immersed myself in the college recruiting and admissions processes. I'm also a high school teacher, so okay. I've, I've seen it on both, you know, both ends of the of the coin. And that's really what I, where my passion really was. I learned that my passion was in helping wrestlers use wrestling as a platform to find their best college fit, and in some cases, um, get into schools they wouldn't otherwise get into. And throughout that time, just being boots on the ground and getting my hands dirty, I learned, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot and I created a step-by-step -step system that I could scale um, and, and expand uh, that the wrestlers around the country could access to find their best college fit. And so that's what I, that's what I love. That's what I'm passionate about. I believe in the sport of wrestling at a very deep level, um, almost in a religious sense, <laughs> if you will. Okay. Like we all do. And it's a very powerful sport, especially as it comes to um, creating post-secondary educational opportunities. And I've created a system that does just that. It takes wrestlers from point A to point B and um, helps them find their best, what we call their college fit. Perfect. And, and that's right, the end game, right? That's the objective is finding the right fit, right? We don't want to a young athlete chasing the wrong program because, you know, they have a good football team or they like their colors or, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. So, um, you know, sometimes it's just easier to start what, what's wrong right now. What, what are some of the myths out there with recruiting? Yeah. I want to hit on that fit thing for a second, you know, yeah. the, 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 the objective. And that's sort of the, that's, that is our North star in the program, the recruiting accelerator program. We're very clear that the objective of the program is for a PSA, and I'll use that acronym a lot, is as prospective student athlete, for prospective student athlete to find their best college fit. 
And so often, you know, I've done well over a hundred. I mean, I'm working with kids in 20 different states right now. Sweet. That's awesome. And over a hundred introductory strategy calls, learning what these, where these families are. And I can tell you all too often, kids are chasing money. They're chasing, there's not, and there's not a lot of money in sport as, as we're aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're chasing division. They're chasing prestige. They're chasing everything, but they really should be focused on, which is where am I going to be happy for four to six years? And sort of keeping that as the North star. So that's what the objective of the program is. There's a, you know, just specifically answer your question. I knew when I was going into this and, you know, my network with, with college coaches, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a very strong network of, uh, you know, college coaches that, that I'm good friends with Frank Beasley being, being right. the number one. Yeah. And he's the one that put us in touch. Right. And, um, so I've, I, I hear it from their end all the time. I mean, I hear it from them constantly. We have regular conversations about this stuff. Uh, and I, so I knew that there was a lack of, I knew that there was a lack of knowledge mm-hmm. and a lack of education um, for wrestlers and their families on this process. I didn't realize how egregious it actually was. And it's very serious. I think the biggest myth that we've that I've seen really validated uh, or just true, I mean, it's not a true myth, but that, that, that exists is that parents, like families think they have a lot of time to do this. It's, it, it's almost like the recruiting and the admissions processes are like afterthoughts. Like they're just things that are going to happen just naturally on their own. Like it's just a natural, but it's just par for the course um, for a wrestler's high school career. And they don't really have to do anything with it at all. Or they're, they think their club coach is going to micromanage their whole thing, which the club coach does not have time to do that, by the way. And they're definitely not getting paid for it. Um, and they think they have all the time in the world. And they get to their junior year, the beginning of their junior year. And I sort of use this as a benchmark. I say, first of all, if you're a junior in high school and you do not have a plan and you're not actively building relationships with college coaches, you are very, very far behind. And people say, well, I should start my junior year. It's like, no, you should, if you, you should already be hitting the ground and you should be running, you should be in stride. And I use the analogy of a marathon. If someone, if I'm going to run a marathon, I'm not going to walk out of my house the day of the race and run 26 miles. I'm probably going to hurt myself. Mm-hmm. The recruiting process is a marathon. Families, PSAs who step outside the door the day of the race, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna finish where they could have finished in the race otherwise because they were just sitting around thinking it's supposed to happen. So the biggest one is, is in terms of when they should start. Mm-hmm. And I'm a strong advocate for kids and their families getting started in terms of preparation. The recruiting process, of course is not starting, they're they're not getting recruited as freshmen, but they can start preparing for it. 
in multiple different ways. And so I say, get them rolling as freshmen. The longer you wait, the more of a disadvantage you're at. And to sort of highlight that, some people are probably wondering, well, what do you mean by all this? The reality is that really only, I would, I would even go as far as to say 2% is, is generous number, but really only 2% of the kids around the country are really actively getting recruited. Mm-hmm. Actively. Right. The other 98% are completely being overlooked. And there's multiple, multiple stories of very real, legitimate, successful Division One wrestlers who were almost overlooked. Tariq Wilson out of Ohio being one of them. Right. Stud, man. Right. I mean, he, he didn't get offered until after the state tournament. Frank got him on a visit after the state tournament because he had a breakout. He had a breakout year in Ohio. Frank found him. I think he knocked a really good kid off. Mm-hmm. They got him on a visit, and they locked him down. But Tariq, I think, was going to go to, like, a JUCO or, or a, a small school. I, I, I don't – And that's life-changing for Tariq, right? I mean – Finding that right fit, right? I mean, I've had this conversation with Zeb Miller, you know, his nephew, he almost quit college and, you know, luckily Clint was there and it's life-changing. Now he's, you know, coaching, you know, at App State, you know, that, that right fit is such a big piece, you know, not just for those four to six years, but, you know, for the next 40 years, right? Yeah, 100%. And so the, the kids are getting overlooked all the time. That's not their fault. That's not their that's not their coach's fault. That's not their family's fault. It's the, it is the reality of the recruiting landscape. These coaches don't have the time. They don't have the resources. They don't have the capabilities to comb through states and find diamonds in the rough or just find kids that could actually be quality contributors to the program. So the onus, this is what families need to understand. The onus is on the wrestler. Mm-hmm. to go out and recruit him or herself. And in order for them to do that effectively, they have to have a plan. And um, it's like, uh, I, I, I think you know, there, there's that saying that says, everyone has a plan, but some are better than others. Everyone's got a recruiting and admissions plan, but some are better than others. And what I say is don't gamble with it. If there's a proven step-by-step system that exists, and it does, then why not get leverage what's already been done and what's already been proven? Why are you going to go do it on your own? Right. Yeah, it is the most important decision that a high school athlete's going to make, what they're going to do after high school, whether they're going to the military, whether they're going to work. 100%. It, it, change, it, it changes the path, right? Biggest decision, and up to that point, right, parents are usually making the decision for them, right? Um, you know, couldn't, it, couldn't agree more. And that's a, an interesting piece, right? I've thought a lot about this. I talk a lot about this during the seminars. Is that a, 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 a PSA from the time that they're born till the time that they, you know, where they're currently at in their career, their parents have pretty much made all of the choices for them. And now they're all of a sudden in a position where they have to make a the most important decision of their high school career, right. most important decision of their life at that point. And it's a lot. And so this idea that I am responsible, like that, 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 
high school student is responsible now for creating their future is is kind of a foreign idea to them because they haven't really had to create anything as it pertains to their future. critical think right it's, it's a lot of critical thinking okay you know pros and cons you know it's a lot of you know a lot of decisions there a lot of moving parts this is why it's incredibly wise. One of the many reasons why it's incredibly wise for families to invest in a recruiting uh, coach and, and a system. Uh, and yours is an eight-step program, right? It, it just it spells it out pretty cleanly for them, pretty easy, right? Here, here's the eight steps. Here's what we, yeah, what you put them through. Um, I guess what's it look like? Is it uh, is it Zoom calls? Is it kind of what, what's the, the outline? What's, what's, what's the pro- program look like? You know, essentially what it is, and this is what makes a recruiting accelerator different from, from ever, everything out there, is that it's a step-by-step system that helps wrestlers find their best college fit. And it's a proven system. It's worked multiple times um, with, with wrestlers all around the country, um, boys, girls, um, and uh, it, 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 it works. It's not just something that just popped out. And what, what the way a, a PSA goes through it, they go through the online modules and what they get as a part of being in the program is access to one-on-one, unlimited, by the way, one-on-one uh, consulting calls with me throughout the duration of their high school career. So what they get is the plan, step-by-step plan, and then, of course, they get the individualization with that, with their coaching calls. So it's not the sort of blanket, you know, you know, now you're on your own. Right. I'm actually with them every step of the way. And, and it's, it's a plug and play deal. You know, the, you get the plan and it works. The wrestler and the family has to work the plan. They have to put in the work. And that's sort of another myth about the recruiting process there is the traditional understanding is that, well, I, you know, for, for PSAs to think, well, I'm the prize. People should be coming after me. So I can just sit back in my recliner. Not, not how it works. <laughs> right? And just sort of wait. And people will come knocking on my door, right? Because I'm the prize. I'm doing X. I'm doing Y. I'm doing Z. I'm the man at, you know, Bobby Backwoods High School. And I hold the pen record and all this other, you know, whatever. I mean, there's lots of really good high school wrestlers out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, no, n- you know, none of them are really special unless you're like a Mark Hall, Gable Stevenson. <laughs> right, right. But they're like the 0.2 or 0.3%. Right. right. Um, and so with that said, I, I the other major mistake that I see is that families will just sit back. They'll just sort of wait and think that it's all supposed to just happen and that, you know, coaches are going to come knocking on their door. Coaches are going to come start scheduling visits and all of this kind of stuff. And that's not going to happen is the, that is the worst possible mistake that a kid, that a kid can make. I was talking to a coach today, D one coach, and he was telling me about a kid who came on a visit and They've been recruiting him since June 15th of his sophomore year, which is the first day of contact. Like they can, a D1 coach, D2 coach can contact a PSA on June 15th after their sophomore year. 
right? So if, if you're, you're getting blown up on June 15th, you know you're legitimately getting recruited. And so brought him down, made him a nice offer. And the kid's like, ah, thanks. Uh, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to see, you know, if I can explore power five, right. You know, maybe Tom Ryan's going to call me. And if that would have been my client, what I would have told that kid was, has Tom Ryan or anyone on the Ohio state staff called you yet? Uh, fall of your junior year? No. Okay. They don't, they don't know who you are. And they're not going to know who you are. They're not going to recruit you. Like, you know, unless, I mean, the rare event that this kid just does something, you know, also he's, well, I'm not going to go into the details of it, but it, my point is this, is that if they're not after you, the fall of your junior year, you're not getting recruited by them. Mm-hmm. You, if you, that's where you want to go, like for not example, let's, radar, say, right? let's say that if NC State, you want to be like the, you know, the, the be it an agriculture you know, guy or whatever, they have some really neat programs there, then like NC State might be a great fit for you. And that's a great reason to want to go to NC State. If Pat Popolizio is not recruiting you, um, first of all, you got to determine whether or not you're even a division, a division one caliber wrestler to begin with. But even if you are and he's not on you, then he's probably not going to be on you. Mm-hmm. And now the onus is on you to show your value to Pat and the staff to see whether or not they want to invest anything in you at all, even a walk-on spot, which at a power five, that is a legitimate investment. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, you know, it's, it's weird. There's just a lot of, there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of really false beliefs and it's very harmful because it's the kid's future that we're talking about. And I think that's why I care about it so much. Yeah. Right. Um, you touched on a little bit and you hear it all the time, right? Guys thinking they're D1. Right. Uh, you know, and that could be a huge mistake. Right. I had this actually conversation tonight with a, with a D2 coach, right. How many kids think they're D1, they're not D1 ready and they, they better fit at a D2 program. Right. What is usually the common factor? Obviously there's a, a multiple, you know, multiple variable variables, but is it, you know, the work ethic, is it just the top end talent? Is it, you know, the grades, is it, you know, off, you know, social activities that, uh, you know, they're not doing the right things. You know, what, what's usually a factor when they say, hey, that guy's not D1? You know I mean, like, like you said, whenever you start hearing someone throw D1, D1 around, well, a lot of, most people don't understand what Division One wrestling is and what it really is, what it really entails. Um, most people don't understand that it's a 12-month year job and that most Division One programs are operating on a 12-month training cycle mm-hmm. and that you're not going to have a life outside of it mm-hmm. yeah and so even just under people talk about d1 all the time they don't even, they don't really understand what it is what the commitment is right they think yeah. I'm, i want to go here but they don't understand what it entails yeah but, you know to even take a step back from that that's the wrong way to even look at it to begin with for 98 percent of psas the the question that PSA should be asking is what is going to be the best fit for me? Where am I going to get my best academic match, my best financial match, and my best best athletic match? And am I going to be happy at the school for four to six years? Mm -hmm. And even if wrestling, let's say, call it the broken leg test, 
if I break, if I, you know, break my leg and I'm not able to wrestle anymore, um, God forbid, am I going to be happy at this school? Right. That's what my dad told me. I remember the conversation. He's like, you know, he gave me all the, the bullet points. And he's like, you know, he gave me that test. You know, if, if you couldn't wrestle tomorrow, what one would you pick? Right. And that, that should be a, a big, 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 big factor. Right. Yeah. That, that's, that's huge. That's, that's, that's the big one. Yeah. And, but in terms of the division one question, fundamentally it's, uh, there's, there's lots of kids out there that can go D1. I mean, that can go walk on to a division one program. Um, but where, where it seems one of the biggest differences is it's sink or swim. Mm -hmm. If you, if a, if a PSA does not have solid executive functioning skills and they're a walk-on, what I mean by that is that if they are not, let's say they don't have a time management system down, their study skills are subpar, they don't have good self-advocacy skills, and you know, they 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 lack in those key executive functioning areas. Good luck going division one as a walk-on because the coach is not going to hold your hand. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to take the time, the limited time that they have to, you know, carry or help save a drowning wrestler because they're all replaceable and it's a business. Division one programs are a business. They're not transformational operation. They're not transformational machines like high school wrestling programs or the high school wrestling coaches you talk to are mostly largely transformational in nature. They are focused on transforming the wrestler. It's a very, you know, every, people, the wrestlers have intrinsic value. They're approaching it like a teacher, high school teacher and a student. It's what's best for the kids. You hear that all the time in high school wrestling. Right. It's not what's best for the kids at Division One level. It's what's best for the program. The coach's job depends on it. Right. And the coach's job is to make the best investments in PSAs that he can. So if one's not up to snuff and is drowning in the first year or is, a, is an academic liability or even better yet, a lifestyle liability um, or a culture liability, they're replaceable. Mm -hmm. You're done. Leave. If you don't make it, you don't make it. Guess what? Like, there's lots of kids out there that are just as good, if not better than you are. I can definitely get here. Right. And it, it, it really highlights how um, really, you know, I, I don't say this in a negative way, but a lot of wrestlers, you know, we're, we're very, a lot of high school wrestlers kind of very self-centered. I'm kind of only looking at myself, not really realizing that the landscape out there is, there's a lot of, a lot of really, there's a lot of tough kids out there. Mm -hmm. Right. And, oh. Really, I think what from from of course the wrestling talent division one level is huge. I mean, college coaches like want a kid that's going to come in and and be able to compete. You know, and believe it or not, it's not in a lot of fancy areas either. I mean, you ask ninety nine percent of these D one coaches, and they and you say, "What are you looking for in your guys?" And the answer that they give you are like the same things that you know a, a, a kids club coach wants from his kids. 
you know, I want you to be sound on bottom. I want you to be sound on top. I want you to be able to ride. I want you to be able to get out. I want to see you, you know, I want to see your attack rate high. I want to see you coachable. I want to see aggression. You know, I want to be all that. I mean, all that kind of stuff. Well, it seems really simple. Yeah, not many. It's not rocket science. Right. That's that's frankly the easy part. Yeah. The hard part is looking at it in a robust sense for where the value really is. You know, like, and I say this: a kid's lifestyle, right? We draw the analogy of a car, and the car has five parts, and the, the those five parts make up. But, you know, a PSA's value. I'm not going to go into all that right now. It's all in the program. But you know, the way we say it is this, is that the lifestyle value is so important that we, we equate it to the frame of the vehicle. And you can have an awesome engine. You can have an awesome transmission, awesome outdoor car. But if that frame's rusting out, that car is not going to last very long. And you're just going to be in the junkyard. And... So there's so much more robust. It's not just this wrestling piece. And for a kid to be successful at that level, um, unless they're like a 0.1% kid, they have to have those other variables. They have to, they have to be an academic. They have to be sound academically. They have to have, live a sound lifestyle. Um, they've got to love the sport, which is something that's often overlooked. Kids right. think they love the sport until it becomes a full-time job. Right. And then it ain't funny anymore. Change a lot if you're you're not you you're not moving on to baseball or football, right? You're doing it 12 months. It's it's a little different, different sport, right? I mean, two or three a days too. I mean, it's like and and, and I mean, it, it, we've all heard stories of kids that go into rooms and don't get their first takedown until Christmas. Right, right, <laughs> right. Imagine that. Right. Um, it's, it can be demoralizing. Some kids just like, they don't love it. They don't love it enough to do that. So they say, okay, well, I mean, that's one of the, the key things that needs to be evaluated. And this is really where you honest conversations need to be had. And there's nothing wrong with this because it's about what's best for the athlete. How much does the kid really love it? Because if they're like, hey, look, I do love this, but I actually want to, you know, be a student. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I want to go do some internships. Maybe I, you know, want to have a spring break. Maybe I want to go home for Christmas. You know, maybe I want to have a fall break. Nothing wrong with that. It's college. Right. So maybe you should explore division three options where you can have those opportunities and still compete at a high level. I mean, going WNL and, and Johns Hopkins and Stevens Institute of Technology, those rosters, and look at some of the resumes from those kids in high school. Right. They're legit. You're looking at high school Americans, multiple time state champions from high level states. I mean, just because the kid's going D3, maybe that was their fit. Yeah, right. 100%. Totally agree. Um, You talk about high school coaches being transformational and in tough conversations. What's, you know, how does a high school coach fit into the recruiting accelerator? What's their role? Um, And how do they fit into that? You know, is it something where, you know, you're you're talking with them on, on certain you know, students, when you're having those one-on-one calls, or you know, I guess what's what's you know, I I have a feeling they're right a piece of that puzzle and a large piece of that, right? Yeah, a huge piece. My biggest fear, one of my biggest fears, whenever I was taking the recruiting accelerator on the road, building my network out, was that high school coaches were going to think that I was coming in and that the program was going to somehow replace an important part of what they do. 
and it's actually the exact opposite. I mean, I, I, right? I mean, I've been a boots on the ground, you know, coach as a director and a head coach and an assistant coach. I mean, I've probably sat in every seat from a wrestling coaching standpoint that you could sit in in a decade time frame. Um, and the reality of it, if we're all being honest with each other, is that club coaches and high school coaches do not have the time to micromanage their student athletes recruiting processes. They're definitely not getting paid for it, but even they don't have the time. They're focused on developing, you know, a student athlete, you know, they're focused on developing the child, the the PSA technically um, from a character standpoint, all of the roles that a coach plays, but they're not micromanaging the recruiting and admissions process. What the recruiting accelerator does is it comes in and, and it, it gives the kid the plan to work. So the plan, the kid is now empowered with a plan and tools and individual support specifically in this area. The kid starts working the plan. The coach is in a much better position to give strategic sound advice if the kid is moving through the process on his or her own, the, the, the contrast that I give, let's say Johnny um, is, is can wrestle in college and wants to. And Johnny's coach says, Hey, Johnny, where are you at in the recruiting process? Johnny says, throws his hands up in the air. Like, I don't know. Do you have a list of schools? Do you even understand what's going on? No. Uh-huh. So what's the coach going to do? Sit down and micromanage that whole thing? What if you have 10 Johnnies in your club? That's, that's insane. Yeah, right, right. And so what this does is it gives Johnny the formula. And the coach can check in with Johnny from there and say, hey, buddy, where are you at? You know, where, what step are you on? Oh, here's your list of schools. Okay, I can reach out to these guys for you. Right. I can reach out to this. I can reach out to this coach. I can vouch for you here. Maybe, maybe you're not going, maybe you shouldn't have Ohio state on your list because you're not going to wrestle for Tom Ryan there. You're, you're just not there. Not that good. So we should probably take Ohio state off um, or, you know, Hey, look, we should consider this, right. This is a better option because the coach knows the athlete better than anybody else. They, they should. They spend more time with them than their parents most of the time. Right. Exactly. So they play a huge role in it. But the role that they don't play is micromanaging it. You know, I think we overextend our coaches already. You know, we expect them to do more than what they're definitely, definitely not paid to do it. Um, but you know, we expect them to just do it all, right? Well, that's, that's kind of a ridiculous expectation. It's very unreasonable and it's not fair. And so what this does is it makes the coach's job a lot easier. Now, you know, one of the questions I've gotten, I don't get it anymore, but I say, well, are you advising my athlete on where to go? You know, I don't know your athlete. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I know them insofar as the relationship I'm building with them as it pertains to recruiting and admissions. I could, I could tell you their transcript, like the back of my hand. You know, I could probably tell you what kind of classes and things like that they'd be taken based on, you know, their transcripts and, different stuff like that, but I don't know them as a person. So how am I supposed to advise them on, you know, what school to choose? That's where they start to come in. Right. 
So the, the, in, the personalized advice, you know, really where I come in is just, you know, with that, I, I tell parents, I'm strictly recruiting, I'm strictly admissions, right? We talk about all that. I don't want to talk about your kids wrestling. You know, I have, a, a, I have a, a, to sort of help them. They, you know, asking me about the, my, is my kid D1, is my kid D1? I actually have a thing in the course that's a plug and play. Um, uh, it's an algorithm and you can go in and put where you finished, like wh where you finished and what state. And it tells you what your recruitability level is at each division. Oh, wow. So it gives them like an honest assessment of like, hey, my recruitability at division one is like a one out of five based on this objective criteria. So what does that mean, Tanner? You know, what does it mean to have a recruitability of a one? Well, that means that you'll get, you'll be lucky to get a walk-on spot and you'll get recruited over every year. You'll probably never see the starting lineup. Right. So if that's what you want, then yeah, go after division one, right? <laughs> yeah. And if you want that, then go get it. But, uh, you know, at, say, at Division three, your recruitability level is a three. And that means that you have potential for impact, you know, over the next year or two. And you have potential to, you know, be the man. Right. You want. So that's where that, that comes in. And that's the other, a lot of things, you know, we're talking about the Division one stuff. A lot of these kids don't understand these power fives, like, you're getting recruited over literally every single year. I mean, if you're not coming in and you're not a you're not a high recruit, I mean, you know, look, NC State just brought in Maddie, Maddie Singleton. Like he's coming in and see he's coming in and taking over somebody's stuff next year. Mm -hmm. I mean, somebody just got recruited over. Right. I mean, it, it, it and that it just happens all the time. They just recruit over and recruit over and recruit over and recruit over. It's just it's cutthroat. You know, and that's how, that's how it is. It's a business. So they don't understand like, oh, I can go rest. I can walk on at NC State. You're going you're gonna to get recruited over for the next five years here. Right, right. Yeah, five years, right? Might be a 141, but, you know, there's other guys coming right behind you, you know, not to mention the guys ahead of you, right? Yeah. So um, you mentioned hitting the road, right? Talk about the fall tour coming up. Yeah, so to to really promote the – the program and and obviously to continue to I mean I love the wrestling world you know I love wrestling in the United States I love um, meeting coaches and club directors I feel like we do share all of us share a very unique bond especially ones that work you know with, with the high school and middle school kids and you know as an educator and someone with a heart um, for teaching coaching you know I love meeting these people they're amazing people our country needs more of them and so I said you know what I'm going to do to promote this I'm going to just hit the road and go out and put on seminars for clubs and their families and I'll fly in stay in an Airbnb put on the seminar you know go get beers with the coach and get to know people there and and you know that's how I get my clients so I did and did it this summer. It went amazing. I had an amazing time. The seminars is value packed, chock full of value. Obviously it's cool to see different parts of the country and see different wrestling rooms. And I mean, that's like a dream come true. Who wouldn't want to do that? I mean, that's awesome. 
but it, so this fall just filled up quick. I mean, it literally went from zero to filled within, I was like, oh, it's probably gonna take me like a month to fill this out. It didn't literally, there were dates. It was just, there were people that was, we were talking about hammer date. And I said, look, we actually have to do this within the next couple days. Cause this date's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're, we're hitting the road again this fall, starting off in Atlanta um, over Labor Day weekend. Cliff Fretwell has been very good to me uh, over the, the course of my coaching career. And now as a, you know, an entrepreneur in our sport, you know, Cliff Fretwell with Compound Wrestling. Cliff's um, man. He's yeah, done, he's done a lot for me. up here on Sandusky a couple of times, man. Yeah, it does a lot for the sport. So I'm going down there. I'm going to put on a – I'm going to be at his tournament, 32 qualifier, and obviously going to be running a seminar at his club on that Monday. And and then from there, I mean, I, I, I'll send you the, the list of where I'm going, but I'm going to be all over the place. I'm going to be all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, to Salt Lake City, to I'll be in PA, um, Charlotte, and, and all over the place. Been to Oklahoma, California. So are they open to anyone, or is it just to the club members and that, you know, where you're visiting, or how's that work? Is it, you know, if you're going to be in Atlanta, is it just open to Cliffs guys, or it just depends on the location and, and the capacity? Yeah, you know, typically what happens is the, the club coach puts it on in conjunction with a clinic and sort of makes it a value add. Right. For the clinic, say, look, and we're in those clinic for, you know, if their if their club is big, right, and they just have a lot of kids out there, compound, right? Well, I'll just go do it at their practice. Nice. And the families are there, and they go in. It's about a forty-five minute seminar. We cover a lot of ground, and there's some reality checks, right? And that's really, I want to bring the value to the table and let the parents know, look. You, and let the kids know, more importantly, like you're responsible for creating your future. You need a plan. Here's a plan that works. And uh, get on the plan, start working it. And Don't I want to wait. see it. <laughs> right. Don't wait. Yeah, stop, stop waiting around. It's the most bizarre thing I've seen here. I, I, I'm telling you. Well, I, it's probably they're new to it, right? A lot of them, right? They're, they've never probably been through it themselves, right? I was in the, that boat. My parents didn't go to college. They didn't know. You know, I luckily my dad was pretty darn large, logical and you know, here we should probably start doing this, you know, set, you know, contacting them. And like I said, here, here's a, a analysis, you know, what if you get hurt? Here's, you know, you know, all those factors, so, you know, and, but I was pretty darn lucky to have him as a father, but not everyone is in that situation. But so, you know, I, I see, I see a lot. Yeah. Very lucky. Um, super lucky. The, I think a lot of his, I think the parents, the families are so busy and again, it's just an afterthought. Right. Really, it is. I think it's just going to happen naturally. Like, oh, it, it's going to work out because there's there's colleges and there's coaches, like you said, but they have a lot on their plate already, you know? Yeah. And if the objective, right, think about this from a mathematical standpoint. If the objective is for a PSA to find their best college fit, then just sitting on the recliner and waiting for things to happen is a terrible statistical approach. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, how, how's work get done that way, right? Yeah, how are you going to find your best fit by just sitting on the couch? Because, I mean, people will come. I mean, there are coaches that will reach out. If the kid's decent, typically they're going to get some looks from somebody. Right, but, but when you get looks is, by two coaches, wouldn't you rather be in contact with 20 and kind of narrow it down from there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and one thing, I, I made a, a Facebook Live yesterday, and I sort of made that a, 
uh, sort of criteria. Like if you're a junior and you're not actively building relationships with coaches right now, you are really, really, really far behind. And I was talking a little more, I'm going to make another video about this. The value of that relationship. I went back and read an email that Adam Hall sent me about six months ago. And there was something that really stuck out to me in that email. And essentially what he was saying is that for those borderline kids, the relationship that they've built with that coach is largely going to determine, will determine what kind of investment that coach makes into them. But these are kids that have to build that relationship on their own. The coach is not seeking them out, coming to visit their home and build the relationship with them. The kid has to be the initiator. The kid has to be the self-starter. The reality is that these coaches do want to do want to get to know the kid. They do want to know if this is someone worth investing in. If a kid makes it easy for the coach and the kids executing a relationship building plan, exponentially more likely that that coach will make some sort of investment, not guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed there. Odds are right. Yeah. But it makes it much more likely i mean can you think about it like this jared like if i just you know never touched base with you at all you know since i was on your podcast last november and 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 you had tried to say get in touch with me or text me or call me and i just never called you back or you know it was just sort of spotty or whatever you'd probably be like he's just not interested in building a relationship with me or you know whatever and you okay you know, you're probably not going to invest anything to me in any sort of relational capacity. Well, I mean, you apply the same principles that we operate on as, as friends and humans. You apply it to the college recruiting and admissions process. And it's the same thing. If a kid doesn't respond to a coach's text message, you know, or within a reasonable time frame, what's the coach going to think? You know, it, it's the same. It's, it's the same. It's the same principles. But the kids are young. You know, they're kids. You literally call them kids. They look like grown men. They act like grown men sometimes, but they have the brain of a kid. Right. Their, their brain's not fully developed. And, you know, let's take it a step further, right? We talked to end, end goal, end game, right? The objective, right? This is teaching them, how, you know, the, how to do the due diligence, right? When they're finishing college, right? All right, here's, here's, here's my resume from college. Here's what companies I want to go after, right? Are they just going to sit at home and say, I hope, hope this company calls me no they're going to get out there and you know get the resume out there i mean it's teaching them how to do it right all right here here's the step one i'm going to do this with college coaches you know five years from now i'm going to do this with you know companies and organizations right and and, they're going to learn something through that process of you know weeding out what you know institutions and universities they want and and then not you know four years five years later they're going to know okay here i'm going to take the same approach and here's what i learned here and what i did right what i did wrong right it's amazing how transferable all this is. It's amazing how transferable it is, it is to what they're going to be doing whenever they have to get on the job market. Right. Right. And that's, it, that's it. just, you know, that we said biggest decisions college, you know, the next one's right when they're graduating, you know, what's next. Right. And, and a lot of these same skills, just like you explicated are the same ones that they will be using and leveraging whenever they enter the job market. Right. Same one. Interview skills, relationship building skills, self-marketing, 
showing their value and not telling their value. I mean, it, it, so much of the course, like literally I could take this program and, and make some very slight modifications probably and, and, and make a, you know, post-college like career transition course with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it teaches a lot of the, the core values and how to assess, you know, certain things I'm sure. So um, anything else you have for us? Anything else that you know, we didn't touch on that you had you know, floating around thinking about? You know, I do want to make an offer to your podcast listeners um, for anyone that's listening to the episode. Um, you can obviously schedule a introductory strategy call with me for free. Um, but whenever you purchase the course, you can use a code is wrestling philosophy, all lowercase and uh, you'll get $100 off of the program. And that's a special offer that you can only get through the, the wrestling philosophy with the wrestling philosophy code. And um, yeah, so it's a special offer, offer there to, uh, to your listeners. Oh, wow, thanks. We appreciate it. And uh, I'll be sure to communicate that, put it out to, to the listeners and you know, obviously share this. Um, yeah, where can where do they go to to sign up? You know, where can they contact you? I know you're on the socials, but where can they, they reach out to you? Yeah, they can go to recruiting accelerator, uh, recruiting is actually recruiting accelerator.com, and that's my that's my website there. That's where they can schedule their strategy call, which is free, by the way, and uh, where they can where they can purchase the the online you know education platform there, and. Uh, it's, it's very user friendly, super easy to do. My 90 year old grandmother could get on it and do it, no problem. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's recruiting accelerator.com. And again, that code is just uh, wrestling philosophy. Thanks, coach. I appreciate your time tonight. Yeah, man. Appreciate you. And thanks everything that you're doing for the sport and um, looking up to, looking forward to getting up to Ohio. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, man. All right. Uh, we can cut it there. We can do a couple more of those promos if you want to, and then I can, you know, cut it out at the end. So, you know, we can kind of fit it in. And um, so. Um, How do you think that went? I thought it went awesome, man. Yeah, that, it, it's, uh, it, I, I really liked it because it, it, you know, obviously the listeners are going to know you from the last time and now it's kind of like following up. So you kind of have, not that you don't have brand credibility, but, you know, for those that don't know you, oh yeah, this guy was on 44. I remember that guy, you know what I mean? So there's, you know, there's something to it. I feel like I think it's great because you hit on the points, man. You know, it's the biggest decision they have. Right. And it's, you know, a lot of people think it's just going to happen. It, it, you, you know, they don't even think about, oh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. It's like, no, like get out there, ask these coaches what, you know, what they're, they don't know what the programs are. You know, they're a junior in high school. They know what they want. They want to study engineering, but they don't even know the engineering schools. Right. And it's like, get out there and just, do the damn work, you know, it's, man, it, it, you wouldn't, it's just, it just, it baffles my mind. Obviously I'm might be getting old and, you know, old crotchety guy or something kind of like get, get this stuff done. But you know, it's, uh, it's literally life-changing, you know, you know, they just put that extra work in and um, coach, give us that deal one more time and where they can enter that code. You can go to recruiting accelerator.com, go to store, and enter the code wrestling philosophy for $100 off. Perfect. That's perfect.
It's time to start planning for next season's tournaments. Be sure you have Smitty's Corner Rugs on your mats to protect them and keep them clean. Get a hold of him directly at smitty43952 at Gmail. If you have a tournament, it's the way to go. It creates a custom coach's box so your tournament runs efficiently and keeps the mats clean since they use a top spray Mercy Killer. Uh, man, best thing to do is drop me an email, smitty43952 at gmail.com, or you can text me at 740-278-8016. And, uh, again, we got inventory, man, and get a quick turnaround time, and uh, our rugs are all top sprayed with our MRSA staff killer that kills coronavirus as well, man. So, you know, we were, all, we were already keeping it clean and keeping it classy before corona. You know, now – you know, now, now you really got to have a corner rug, right?